This is Melissa, and this Redux is for Sunday, October the 1st, 2023, which I am recording on Friday because I had such a bad day yesterday, I thought that I would share it with you while it was fresh on my mind. The topic is property taxes. My brother and I share the home that my mother and father built 50 years ago this year. And we received the new tax estimate, and the tax board said that this home was now valued at 40% more than it was last year. And this seemed to have no basis in reality. And we are not strangers to tax protests. This was my third and my brother's fourth. So we went very prepared yesterday morning to our hearing. I had taken probably a hundred photographs of all of the decay and damage on the house. My brother printed out 30 of those. He had done a lot of work. And on the drive over, we both said, "This is, we have a rock-solid case here. Of all of the protests that we'd participated in, we just felt so strongly that, that they had completely made a, a gigantic mistake. There was no way that this could possibly be supported by them. So we went and we made our protest and we were denied. And so what this has done to our bill is it has nearly quadrupled it. It has more than tripled what our annual taxes will be. Now, we plan to protest this further, but that is, that's the current situation. So we've gone from having a bill that he and I can split and we can budget about $100 each per month and at the end of the year pay it. And now we are looking at a mortgage, what really would have been a, a nice tidy mortgage 15 years ago. As Alan Watt always explained to us, mortgage comes from the French word and it is the gauge of death, mort, death, that something that you will be paying off until you die. Now, my parents, having built this house 50 years ago, the price, the cost to build a home was considerably less than it would be nowadays, and they paid off that mortgage more than 20 years ago. But this is the plan. This is the system that we're in. And I thought that I would play a little bit some edited segments of a series of talks that Alan did in 2006 and 2007 with Miss Effie, a woman in her 80s who lived in Louisiana. And his talks with Miss Effie and other talks that he did with someone named Butch who lived in West Virginia, those were part of the inspiration that I had for doing real history. He spoke with real people about their life's experiences. And in the series of talks he did with, with Miss Effie, they had some nice bits of conversation about the slave system, the end of private property, taxes, and so forth. And so that is what I will be playing for you. When we left the hearing... Not and and when all, both of our experiences with protests has been, you present a good case, you look at the comparables in your area, you document what the the condition of the home, et cetera, et cetera, and you generally leave one of these hearings with a pretty good reduction in what they uh, what their appraisal was, and that appraisal then goes into how they factor what your bill is going to be. And sometimes the reduction can be quite significant. Well, we stood there as they discussed amongst themselves the fact that they could increase the depreciation on the home. I mean, after all, it's, it's 50 years old. They could see themselves the photographic evidence. So the four members of the board and then the two appraisers that sit there and the secretary, you know, so there's this whole discussion going on 
where we are standing there listening to them say, well, we could do this. We have flexibility here. We could lower it by this. We could lower it by that. And I'm sure that my brother felt the same way, but I was feeling you know, great inside, like, oh, my goodness, I, th- I think they're actually going to reduce this significantly because they say that they can. And then one of the women on the panel said, I vote that we leave them as is. And someone said, I second that. And then there you go. Unanimous, they voted to keep them as they were with no reduction. So when we realized what this was going to do, that we were going to be faced with this mortgage, I mean, it it really did ruin much of my day yesterday because naturally the very first thing that came in my head was I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I mean... How will I, you know, I'm, I, I, I live so carefully. And when Alan died, my choices were, were based on how could I live lean so that I could keep doing what I do. And I thought, well, there's, you know, go home. And, and my arrival here was just in time. I was here for the last six months of my father's life, and I was able to be quite helpful it was wonderful to be here and to have that time with him. And I, I thought, well, you know, I'm living in a house that's paid for. I can drive my father's 18-year-old car. Yes, it's got problems, but, you know, this this keeps me lean. And now we're looking at a mortgage, basically, because that's what it is. You know, this isn't something that you can just budget for on a monthly basis and go, oh, well... It's not that big of a deal. So I am always reluctant to say what is going on. I'm I'm reluctant to ask for help. That's me. And I think that stems from, you know, if you need help, you're vulnerable. And in this system, this predatory system, no one wants to be vulnerable. For all of you who have supported and continue to support, I'm grateful. And it is so appreciated. Uh, so the, the shock that I went through yesterday really was, how do I carry on? And the first reaction was, I can't. You know, I, I will, I'll have to find a way of having a real income. And that means no real history, no not yours, you know, nothing except just put up an old talk and try to maintain the website the best that I can. I mean, in other words, I can add nothing. And I, I, I believe that I am giving you something that is worth putting out there or I really wouldn't do it. So I'm just saying... I'm grateful for those who support and carrying forward. I will be reminding you that I've got the videos, the talks I put up on Odyssey. If you like to go to Odyssey, there's a Cutting Through the Matrix site there. If you like to go to Rumble, you'll see videos there. If BitChute is where you hang out, there's Cutting Through the Matrix on BitChute. There's Cutting Through the Matrix on YouTube. There's the little... Twitter presence for what that is worth. When you see a video, if you can like it, if you can subscribe to the channels, if you can pass the information on to other people, if there are other tangible ways in which you want to support going forward, that is really appreciated. So, yes, I spiraled into this dark defeated place yesterday and I had this you know two and a half years ago with every obstacle and there have been many and I will not recount them all but all of the obstacles that came up I would always think to myself you know Lord help the man or the woman that comes between me and keeping this work going This is my fierce dedication. 
then I thought, well, this, you know, when you're dealing with the state, when you're dealing with bureaucracy, it's not a man or a woman, it's the beast. <laughs> but as the hours wore on, and now I'm into, you know, 24 hours since this horrific appearance in front of the tax board, I asked myself the question, what if who what if the woman who is standing between me and what needs to be done is me because of my reluctance to say, hey, if this matters to you, then please consider supporting it. If you value what I'm doing, then please let me know that in a way that helps me to continue to do it. So, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> there you go, there it is. I want to say something else. Uh, I had mentioned to you back, I, I think it was late August, when I had Joanne and Darren, and we were speaking about Petrosito's activism work regarding the farm murders in South Africa. And I've made several pleas for people to go to his crowdfunding page on Backabuddy and support this work. And I said, it's a really modest amount that they are crowdfunding, and it would be great. And I made my modest contribution, and I know that a few listeners did make contributions, and I appreciate that. But I received in the early part of September an email from someone that I had not heard from. And he said that he wanted to make a contribution to the work that I was doing. And he said, I'm 20 years old. I'm from Alberta, Canada. And I've been listening to Alan's talks for about two years now. Alan's talks have made a profound impact on my life, and I'd like to thank you as well as Alan for all the work that you two did over the years and for the talks and videos that you continue to put out. I appreciate everything you've done. Then he let me know that he had donated to Petrus's Backabuddy account, and he said, I'll be watching how many people donate to him over the next two weeks. And if he doesn't reach his stated goal by September the 19th, I will donate the amount of money that is needed for him to reach his goal. On the 20th of September, he emailed and said, As promised, I helped Petrus reach his fundraising goal. Unfortunately, Petrus did not receive many donations since the talk that you did with Joanne and Darren. I think a lot of people refrain from doing what is right because society and all the problems within it breed an apathy towards any notion of change for the better. But even if we got to a point where people's ability to change anything was futile, I personally would still go ahead and do what I think is right in the moment, despite this. If people truly believe that this life is worth living, which I would assume they presuppose considering the fact that they're alive and they live their lives as if it matters, then what would be better than doing that which you know is right? It can be hard to tell how our own actions will affect the world, but from my own limited experiences, I can say without a doubt that the smallest acts can have the biggest impact. Petrus said simply, God bless this young man. And Darren was, you know, moved and thankful on behalf of Petrus and Joanne. And Joanne also wrote and said, Please pass our thanks to this individual. We are truly grateful. What he says is true. An act of kindness can change the world. I watched a movie many years ago called Pay It Forward. It was a beautiful story which I will never forget. An act of kindness to a stranger and only ask them to pay it forward. It can move mountains. If only there were more people who thought like this. And she carried on. But that is it. And I know that we're living in a time right now. I see this 
regularly now that people have to they have to crowdfund to cover medical expenses and funeral costs and i would imagine i i certainly we live in a world in which you know who do you trust and what is worth supporting what is worth supporting and i would imagine that we're all a little bit stunned when we look at the overwhelming amount of work that needs to be done if we're going to turn things around and change things so and further <laughs> i know i know how challenging life can be and how bills can weigh you down and you can wonder from month to month how you're going to get by and i know when i when i did my real history with my aunt betty aunt betty and the value of 1 us dollar she'd never listened to alan but she certainly had some good old common sense and wisdom about her and she too struggles with property taxes and she said you know you don't own your house because when they can charge you whatever they want on taxes they can just take it off of you that way and that's so true that is true and on the spiritual philosophical level we don't own anything we can't take it with us and that's a fact i just want to be able to concentrate on what i'm doing and have a mind that is clear and focused and boy financial stresses they are they just take the wind right out of the creative sail since embarking on this solo journey of trying to keep things going and add my own unique perspective there have been a lot of obstacles and challenges real and then the threat of things as well and i have lived my life in a way that you might say is on faith that you know if i do these things that i believe are the right things i'll one way or another i'll be okay and i have been and i've had worries that or i had potential worries too and one that i did not share with you about 3 months ago i i got a letter from a tax board and they said you owe us $30,000 in back taxes it's $8,000 in taxes estimated 8,000 in estimated taxes and then all of the interest and fines make that a $30,000 bill can you please pay this the funny thing about that bill was they said if the amount that you owe us is less than $25,000 then you can make it on payments we can set up a payment plan with you but if the amount that you owe us is over $25,000 then you cannot make a payment plan it has to be done in one lump payment and i thought <laughs> no bureaucracy this is crazy obviously if somebody owes you more than $25,000 they really need a payment plan but no that is not how the system worked well i looked at this tax bill and i realized that these were this was estimated taxes for me in a place that i didn't live at a time that i didn't live there because i was in canada so i made my case i said you've estimated taxes for me when my existence there was well non-existent <laughs> and i then i just said i'm not going to worry about this i'm going to put it out of my mind i've done what i can do i can't believe that they would continue to persist in this because you know i wasn't there and sure enough i did ultimately receive a letter then have to make a phone call then have to supply some documentation and you know about a month ago i got a letter saying okay you're right you don't owe us any money and that is the end of that of us on this case but this is how life is in the system it is designed and alan has talked about this over and over that 
It is the youth. That's why they go for the youth, because the youth don't yet have the mortgages. They don't have all of these financial worries, and they can be brainwashed into going out and protesting whatever, getting behind whatever cause they're directed to be behind. And then when they marry, now that was in the old days when people married and had children and got mortgages and things are different now, but then they spent the rest of their life chasing the carrot, exhausted, checking out with a beer in a football game, and, and, then that, and that is the system. And it's very true that these kinds of worries are distracting. You, it's, it was hard for me. It was actually impossible for me to think about creative things or want to read the news or think about anything except how will I pay this. So I'm better today. I'm a little more myself, which is... I know that what I'm doing matters and it matters to me if it doesn't matter to anybody else it matters to me and I'm I'm back I'm back with fortitude <laughs> so that's it I am going to share as I said a bit of Miss Effie talking with Alan and I hope that you get something from it and go you know for all of you who support Thank you again. It's essential. And please like, subscribe, forward, share. It does make a difference. Thank you. Yeah, what would you like to talk about? And uh, uh, just, just talk, um, just talk about when you were, see, when you were young, the difference starting up when you were young. Well, uh, you know, I was thinking about that. You could uh, approach it from different angles. Mm -hmm. And one, I was thinking, like I said, the thing that I always uh, could get more concise out of it is the continuity, not hearing one story, reading one subject, but I was thinking about, let me see, I forgot the word, enticement. Yeah. In 75 years, you went from entice, government enticement to government slavery. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of it. You didn't have to. I don't have to make a story, mm -hmm. nor do I have to dramatize it. Yeah. Right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it all started. Well, it didn't. You know, rain don't come in the middle of a sunshiny day. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it, it started to... Uh, uh, the uh, the time when my grandfather, around the last uh, the 18th century, when uh, he had to uh, go out and leave his uh, spring cropping, I mean to put his spring spring crop in, he had to go out and work at his old job as a as a, a tugboat captain to get hard money to pay taxes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the beginning, and luckily uh, my grandmother was strong enough and willing enough to uh, do to finish the plowing. Yeah, it was on the Mississippi. Uh, no, they lived about fifty miles from here. Yeah, and uh, they had bought a place, and they they were independent, yeah. really independent. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that was the first crack of that reaching in taxes. And when was that? Yeah. Huh? When do you think that happened? Well, I know at the time and everything, it had to be around the last of the 18th century. Mm -hmm. Because uh, they evidently, uh, they had moved there and uh, the children were small. Yeah. Because they uh, had, a, uh, as everybody else, they had a large family and boys. Uh, my dad had to pay a poll tax before he could uh, vote. Poll tax, eh? Yeah. law was moving in. Uh huh, yeah. There's no, no substitute for the law to, uh, uh, to uh, get things moving. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then, uh, about that time, I mean, about my time, was when they uh, uh, pulled off the big depression and uh, uh, the green pipe pipe. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
I took some Eldon or Roos and Fell. I mean Roos and Fell. Mm-hmm. I'll come up on the miracle now, eh? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I Yeah. Well, for, first to knock the banks down and then they come in with the solutions. It's pretty obvious, too, anybody that studied history, that uh, he didn't just move in w- uh, and make up the plan as he was going along. Uh, it, it was a, a massive, multifaceted plan and agenda which suddenly went into motion. He couldn't even conceive mm-hmm. of all those plans in the first hundred days. Yeah. And it said between the time that he uh, uh, he uh, was declared president, mm-hmm. uh, he stayed at the Hudson Valley home, and there was cars coming and going, and it was the busiest place you ever did see. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what went on, mm-hmm. the completion of the plans. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, uh, uh, taking the, uh, the gold away from the people. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Making the law, yeah. Yes. One thing I would like to say that, uh, uh, that uh, it really impressed me a lot uh, when the uh, first uh, year or two I went to school, we walked, uh, my sister, older sister and I, had to walk about a mile and a half or two miles to school. Uh-huh. Well, we had to ride, we had to wade, uh, and we had to take our shoes off to wade the creek. Uh-huh. And there was a northern if the water was high, but anyway, you can imagine high. And, you know, I can't understand it, Alan. My mother told me that in the 1920s, it turned cold and it stayed cold. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about cold of the north. I'm talking about southern cold. Yeah. It stayed cold, she said, all winter. Uh-huh. And so uh, it was cold, that bitter, damp, cold wind. Yeah. We had a place we met the school bus. It was uh, just a graded up road. It was dirt road, just uh-huh. graded up. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was this... Uh, colored man. Mm-hmm. He invited us in to his house to warm our feet and warm ourselves. And he was uh, thoughtful enough to watch for the school bus to uh, we could stay in there. Mm-hmm. I thought of him in uh, later. He was, he had been cold. So he, he knew how you felt. Yeah. You were fellow human beings. Well, I was about uh, 15 years old when I went to the first PATH movie news, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw this Hyde uh, uh, Piper in person on the news, and he was uh, laid back in his big touring car, and uh, his, uh, his Panama hat cocked at a, a, a Jenny, because uh, he was the happy Morgan, you know, mm-hmm. and with a big cigarette holder and a cigarette set up, uh, cocked up in his mouth. And you know what struck me? Mm-hmm. I said, that man would never know how it felt to be hungry or cold or scared. Yes, right. Or care. <laughs> so if it's, right. As long as it was someone else. That was the important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, then, like I said, they uh, started putting the uh, uh, keys, told them to uh, uh, spend themselves into prosperity. That's right, spend, yeah, put yourself into debt and into prosperity, yeah, double speak, yeah. And uh, you see, uh, part of the problem was overproduction of, uh, uh, under, overproduction of pharma products mm-hmm. and underpriced market. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was one of the leading things that had the uh, country people dissatisfied, and the more they produced, the more they, uh, the cheaper their products got, mm-hmm. and the higher the manufacturing. Yeah, they were uh, pouring out milk, and uh, Roosevelt sent uh, uh, barges of bacon and ham down the river. Mississippi River and dumped in the ocean when uh, some people in the South, and myself included, maybe it'd be six months before you even tasted a piece of meat. Yeah, just to keep the prices up. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, along with the past news, I saw this main potatoes about two story high or bigger, a mountain. Mm-hmm. They had poured coal oil on so you couldn't eat it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what I never could understand what people ever was a desperation, ignorance of what that made them uh, follow that creep. 
Well, it's the same con game with the European Union because under the Union, all foodstuffs that are traded are put into what they call it the mountain, like a butter mountain or a sugar mountain or whatever else, and they dump the excess at sea to keep the prices up. So that's an oldest trick that's been still being used, yeah. Oh. And that's something, eh? The thing that I couldn't understand when I was a child, the few people that had a car mm-hmm. later on in 35 or 36, uh, no, it was later than that, but somewhere along in there, they put a $3 tax on all cars, uh-huh. license. Yeah. That was the beginning. And then uh, uh, at that time, when uh, your parents uh, decided it was necessary, uh, you were old enough, they, uh, you went and drove. You, uh, they taught you to drive. Uh-huh. You were uh, a sinless as a little baby. But the next day you found out there was a law uh, that said you had to have a driver's license. Yeah. Or you were uh, breaking the law. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and it wasn't the license that was given to you. It was, you had to pay for it. Oh, yeah. And not only it wasn't uh, one license, it was subject to a, a certain time limit. And every time you renewed it, it went up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you never did get the, uh, the title to that car, even after you paid for it. Yeah. It was uh, in Baton Rouge, and uh, and you got a certificate. I couldn't uh, but figure out why didn't they have the certificate and you had the title. Yeah. Then it made you wonder a little further when they decided that maybe uh, you should pay for insurance to protect that car. Mm-hmm. Protected for who? I don't know. You can imagine yourself who was. It wasn't it voluntary to start with the insurance. Huh? I think the insurance was voluntary to start with. It wasn't here. Yeah, in Canada, I think it was. That's how they got them in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't mean that uh, uh, somebody might have could have uh, uh, a rare person that had money. Yeah. But uh, this land uh, was poor. And uh, a hard dollar yeah. was uh, something, and I remember one time, uh, and I don't think uh, uh, a beautiful red potato is a is a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, perfect potatoes. Yeah. And uh, my father saying that we couldn't even sell a sack of potatoes a hundred pounds uh-huh. for a dollar. Really? Uh-huh. And the only uh, hard money that you had, and that's what I mean, hard money, it uh, was negotiable, not bargain. Mm -hmm. Uh, You either uh, uh, sold eggs to the grocery man to get uh, a little something, maybe some flour or salt or something like that. You could cut wood. Mm -hmm. A card of wood uh, was $3. Split and uh, and uh, sit there. They did come and pick it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was about the only money that you had. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then, of course, they started with the PWA. And, uh, and when I think of FEMA with the trailers, reminds me of uh, the impactability the government hadn't learned in 75 years anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Washington, so history says, would never tell a lie. I wish there were more Washington. I do, I hope to die. When I was but a little boy, somebody felt my head. My boy, you'll be a president. Someday, that's what he said. Somebody lied. Somebody lied, you see. There never was a president that ever resembled me. <laughs> Somebody lied. As plain as plain can be. Somebody lied as sure as you're born. Somebody falsified to me. I started out in life to be a president. 
I got a livery stable job that wasn't worth a cent. Somebody said, there stands a mule, go curry her for me. Don't be afraid of her hind legs, she's gentle as can be. Somebody lied, somebody lied, you see. That mule just twisted in her stall and handed me one, that's all. Somebody lied, <laughs> a slain, a slain can be. Somebody strayed from the righteous path, somebody falsified to me. You know, uh, speaking of uh, people getting, so, getting used to so quick to something uh, after it's, uh, two or three years, well, mm-hmm. I can uh, I, yeah, I can remember when uh, my father and uh, didn't pay taxes, yeah, income taxes. Mm-hmm. He didn't have enough money, and then uh, the only thing they and the first time the uh, the working people uh, paid taxes was during the war. And that was in place, and they took it out of your check mm-hmm. for the war effort. Yeah. And uh, then they never did take that away, nor the, uh, the excess taxes. Once they stick a tax on you, it's there for life, mm-hmm. more than life. But anyway, you know, people uh, just look at you when you say you never paid taxes, mm-hmm. income taxes. They can't hardly believe it. Yeah. That there was a time when you didn't pay it. Well, even in, in Britain, they, they called it the temporary war tax. Yeah. That's how they started it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, that was a, uh, they took it out uh, for the, yep, the war. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, then it's progressively went from then, uh, progressed all the time. Mm-hmm. To where people don't even realize how much of their money no wonder they have to be up on credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was going to make some money, uh, extra money. I worked overtime, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they took half of it. <laughs> yeah. And I says, oh, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. If I can't have it, you're not going to have it. Mm-hmm. So I never worked any more overtime. Yeah. It was unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, sure it was. Well, actually, see, even under the, the old common law, to tax labor meant it was a form of slavery. And that's all been forgotten, to tax your labor. Yeah. Uh, there's a, always been a debate. Income was uh, what you made after uh, your profits in your year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you know, uh, businessmen mm-hmm. in the business process uh, after you paid your taxes, I mean paid your uh, debts and your and your, uh, you know, that was what was left over for you. Yeah. Not uh, uh, and that was above your living expense. That was income. Yeah. Profit. Mm-hmm. Where uh, uh, they just conveniently stuck it on your wage. Uh, I, I mean, uh, it's not uh, it's not income. That's your living. Yeah. That's not a profit. That's a necessity that you have to have to live. Mm-hmm. It's not income. Well, you, see, you only think that way if you don't realize that you're under slavery. That's right. Once you realize you're under slavery, it all starts to make sense. Somebody didn't. Uh, somebody wasn't joking when they said wage slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we are just chattel. You see. Well, we're the modern day slaves. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're chattel. And we have a, a function to serve the system, and that's basically the tenets of the U, the United Nations. Every citizen has a function to serve the state. So they've decided what we're here for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the elite have always looked upon us that way. <laughs> yeah. So nothing changes, eh? an ongoing slave system only where the best stuffed slaves there are, even though it's all modified food they're using the same techniques to dumb us down by the types of food we're given, now they've modified them all so we're all pretty, we're getting rather thick in the head 
You know, I bet you today that you couldn't walk into a school and and uh, really listen or uh, to uh, what they're teaching your children today, uh-huh. or not teaching them, I should say. Yeah. Well, the sky's the limit now. There's no... Uh, the parents wouldn't... Well, I, think, I don't think most of them would really care today, to be honest. I mean, they've given their, their children over heart and soul to this system, and they expect the system to take care of them for them. Uh, I don't think they really care for their taught. No. You see, I see, I see think that uh, if I was to sit down and watch a modern movie or a sitcom or anything with, say, my grandmother and my mother and then, say, a woman of my generation, you just watch how the reactions are to what you would see. Uh, the grandmother would be shocked the mother a bit less so shocked and and the woman of your own age probably not shocked at all they've debased every generation gradually through gradualism to the next step to the next step till now anything goes and I said years ago the time will come when you'll see live sex happen even in comedy shows and that will come. They've already got shows out, these, these so-called reality shows, they call them. They started with a survivor-type series, dumping males and females on an island to play this game, and now they're going to step further with city TV. I'm not surprised, because Moses Neimer is, is a, a ringleader in deculturalization. And uh, you'll see them groping each other, male and female, and me- female and female, and male and male. I mean, they're going the whole way now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I can, uh, I come from the time when, uh, like I said, even when uh, uh, it was uh, Depression days and, and uh, Roosevelt's time in 33, uh, they call it the Great Depression. Well, uh, uh, you, could, uh, you could leave your door open, and uh, I guarantee you, uh, there wasn't any... Uh, Cheap way, Effie. Huh? You mean the cheap way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you could leave your door open. You could, uh, and uh, to uh, to the last, I would say, uh, fifty years, you could put something in the back of your truck, uh, like you're shopping. You know, uh-huh. you put it in the back of your truck, and it would be there. It just uh, went downhill. And the thing, I'm so sorry to say, is that. Uh, the authorities didn't have to get over the people and beat them into these kind of things. Yeah. They went to it naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, in uh, other words, uh, degeneration, uh, 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 I don't know, maybe it's in the nature. It's in the nature, but here's the thing. You see, they used to say, even thousands of years ago, since they gave you a model, fictional or otherwise, of, of, a, of a king and queen, and they used to say, as the king goes, so do the people. So the more debauched the king would show, show himself to be, the people emulate what they see. Culture is given to the people. And you can create any kind of culture that you want. That's right. Uh, so if they want to debase you, they simply push all the things that will debase you. Mm. If they wanted to breed you up and have you feeling dutiful towards your country and all this kind of thing in, in this system they'd give you uh, they'd go back to the Victorian type era or the, the Edwardian era or love a country and uh, self-discipline all that kind of stuff or chastity they can give you whatever they want because see anything that they give you is, is de facto in their system normal any system they can create is normal and as Plato said thousands of years ago we create the culture for the people and and the people emulate what they see so yeah if they want us to be sort of goody two-shoes and uh, having self-respect and respect for others they would give you an appropriate culture but that's not what they're after they want to destroy all that was to bring in the next system the next type of culture. This is a science. 
it's a science which is well understood and, and with all the, the, the um, formulas of cultural change are kept in archives they know how to reintroduce changes uh, and it's very simple really you look at the basic things of people whether it's food uh, sexual contact uh, anything that are drives and necessities um, and you simply exaggerate it until it's common and you exaggerate the behavior as you exaggerate the showing of it to the public the public mimic what they see Charles Dar Darwin talked about that too how they could do that so yeah the public mimic what they see culture is given culture is plastic and fluid they can, they can change directions with it and, and market it to us and we will copy it you just need to look at the fashions you'll see young girls there with the long sleeves going past their fingertips uh, that their jean bottoms dragging on the ground uh, their midriff is bare and, and uh, chains hanging out of them out of their skin uh, that was all marketed to them via the culture creators using the, the, the media it's not difficult to do well like I said uh, uh, we we were the first generation to see movies, and uh, we uh, we just thought that the movie star and stars were just uh, supers, and we uh, we wanted to be like them. I mm -hmm. remember trying to talk out the side of my mouth like uh, 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 Ralph did, uh, Ralph, mm -hmm. uh, one of the gangsters. Uh -huh. Boy, I got washed all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, you can see how impressionable it is. Yeah, yeah. You see, the human understanding of humans is just incredible. They know every little part of every age group and how to exploit it and manipulate it because they know what they're going through at, at that age. And, you know, that's what Russell said, Bertrand Russell. He says we shall have to bring in the big marketing organizations that understand the psychology of, of, of the sexes or the genders and the age groups. He knew that, that they would have to be used to market ideas to them. That's culture, all, all culture, all thoughts, ideas, opinions is marketed to them and taught to them in school. So it's repetition, reinforcement. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you know something, if they had to, if some real freak of nature hit them that they didn't cause themselves, the elite, had, if they had to breed you up again and have you really work back in industrial type age, they would do it so quickly. They would give you back the long dresses and the manners for the men and all the rest of it and the culture and the dramas to match it so you could copy it. And, uh, and all the songs that would match it. And they'd be praising virginity and all this kind of stuff. And, and they could do that just the same if they wanted to. Because, as I say, culture is plastic. And they understand the science of it. However, as it is, that there's too many of us, they don't need us anymore. And we, we just have to finish off the Middle East. That's all we have to do when our job's finished. And then they'll start, we'll be, we'll be living in a, th a third world society here. They'll, they'll take the power away, the gasoline will be so incredibly expensive you can't afford it. You'll start moving into the habitat areas where they promise to take care of everybody. And then they'll start bringing the population down. Because that, that's all mandated by the United Nations, that they will eventually take over the food distribution of the world. And they will only dish out fixed amounts to each nation, and it's up to the representatives to make sure their populations do not increase, because they're not going to give you more food. This is all written about, you know, by those in the United Nations. It's, it's out there for the public, but they won't make you a drama or a movie about that. <laughs> <laughs> they won't tell you the over the clock news either. No, and they won't. They won't put it in the bestsellers list either and make it available uh, as a bestseller in your local bookstore. But the this, this stuff is out there. Yeah. And we're watching it all happen. But look how easy it is to bring everything to a standstill. It is to stop the electricity, uh, stop the gasoline trucks moving. I don't think people realize that the gasoline trucks stop moving in, in some of those states that got hit with the storm. 
because the garages themselves couldn't pump the gasoline without a generator and, and even then you had to be authorized to have a proper generator inspected by a, a, a proper inspector etc in order to use one for safety you see and that's how easy they can switch off everything that you've been made to depend upon mm-hmm. yeah so easy to do something that wouldn't have bothered a generation in 1920 where you could still they still have their candles their, their, their oil for heating you know a little oil or kerosene stove or something like that so it wouldn't have mattered to them now they can turn everything off uh, look look how easily they got Montreal or Quebec to, uh, in that ice storm a few years ago to shut down because because some, they have some of the biggest electrical plants, power plants in Quebec. So most of the folk had gone over totally to electricity for heating and for everything. And when they turned off the electricity in that ice storm, the people were completely helpless. Couldn't even warm themselves. And yet their grandparents would, would have thought that unthinkable. They'd all have wood stoves. It's, it's so easy in this system to get you dependent on it. That's what they call interdependence. It means taking away any form of independence. That way you're, you're at their mercy when they want it to happen. Yeah. So quickly, too, so quickly. They destroy that which is familiar in your culture to bring in the new so that you're always on the move. Uh, this is a technique that people haven't a clue is actually working on them and it's deliberate, it's organized, it's the only truly organized system on the planet. It certainly is the only one that can uh, win through its system because it's the only one with the financing to do it. Well, there's nothing they do that isn't planned. That's right. Every little thing. Mm-hmm. And planned so well in its own time. It's, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Everything is planned, and that's when you, that's when you go into some serious study into some old books written by foundations and people who work for the big foundations. They're just hand in glove with the bankers, and then they wrote about all of this. The, the techniques and everything were written about, but once again, they were never promoted as bestsellers. But legally, they were put out there for you to read if you wanted to know. They're very legalistic. I mean, taking your own life, Effie, you you technically did all the right things according to the culture of the time that you were born and and raised. You you saved your pennies. You didn't spend out when you didn't have to. Um, Today, they would say you denied yourself the things that were yours, like eating out and all this kind of stuff, even going to the movies. Because down the road, you thought you save up. You're supposed to do that, and then you get to the place where you live. And you built your little place, basically, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. And then you find out, you know, it's all been for what? Yeah. In other words, uh, really, uh, you're just a caretaker. Yeah. When they get ready, uh, they'll take it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't you say about those, you had walnut trees on your land, big walnuts? Is it walnut tree? No, I, you, I, you don't have walnut trees down here. What, what is it you have? trees. What are they called? Pecan trees. Yeah, yeah. Some people call it pecan. Yeah. Pecan. Mm-hmm. And the government will have every one of them numbered, you know, I'm sure, yeah. for taxes and and future use, you know. But meanwhile, you can pay all the taxes on it as you as you keep them for them. So you're... Yeah. A person can do a whole lot if they want to and they will and they try. But I, no, I take that back. Mm-hmm. There was a time when I could do that. Now you can't do that because you have to have a permit. Yep. And they wouldn't allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they want to protect you. Yep. So you won't blow yourself up or electrocute yourself or drown yourself or something. They love you, you see. They care. These these people lose sleep trying worrying about us, you know. Yeah. That, that's why you got to have permits and, and inspections and building codes and yeah. Isn't it, uh, isn't it odd that uh, uh, you know they never give you this permit? You've got to pay for it. Oh yeah, and that makes it all right. Yeah. 
You pay for everything, and money solves all problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they keep adding to it. Uh, I just was wondering if they ever know. Uh, I know they'll never get enough taxes. Mm-hmm. So well, well, yeah, well, there's never. Well, of course, there will never be enough taxes because Albert Pike, the big uh, Pope of Masonry, along with every other Illuminus of his day said the same things that Karl Marx said because it was just another Masonic branch uh, was that uh, they would destroy all private property all ownership of private property that was a main goal that they had to do the abolition of the family unit also had to go we've seen that in fact all the planks of the communist manifesto have been successfully completed I wasn't wonderful that wasn't shouted from the rooftops and it was scared for people were in moral fear that now the Supreme Court allows any uh, uh, promoters, uh-huh. speculators, yeah. if they decided to uh, build a housing complex in the middle of your land, they can take it. I know. Mm-hmm. That's enough to scare, the, uh, scare you to death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not uh, 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 not the government, but uh, uh, promoters yeah. can uh, take your land mm-hmm. if they just so desire. Sure. Well, what does that tell you? Mm-hmm. You don't have any rights. That's right. No, you don't. And in fact, if you look at pretty well, and this is people don't look at when they're when they're constantly buying homes. If you look at where it says, uh, it doesn't say owner; it says tenant. It says tenant on, on uh, when you're getting a mortgage and ownership papers. But yeah, I had an argument with with this lawyer that came in with this Saturnian, Saturnalian gown on, these black gowns that they wear for Saturn. And uh, I, I, I says, what's this? He says, oh, that's, you know, he says, that's your property. I says, oh, no. I says, score that out and put owner. He says, oh, it means just the same. I says, I come from Britain. I know what tenant means. Because we had tenant farmers right up to this present day who who don't own a darn thing. Uh, they just uh, rent the land from the from the Lord and live on His sufferance. And, and uh, but that's the con that they've pulled. You see. Of course, of course, what the, those same lawyers don't tell you they're exempt from that. They don't put tenant for their, themselves. They're allowed to put owner, so they don't pay all the taxes. And that's the con game that goes on here. They're all brotherhood, you see. And if you're not in the brotherhood, you're 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 a profane, yeah. So. Common ownership. Yep. Yeah, we live in a complete fantasy from the from reality, complete fantasy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the one difference in the states is there was one type of title, which they're trying to get rid of right now. In fact. They've been mass uh, mailing everybody with, with with the homestead titles, and trying to get them to change over to another type of title. And what it means, of course, is that they'll really they'll have no title at all. Except in their head, till they find out it's not real. So uh, the old scam to get all private property off the people is un- well underway. Well underway. They can they can tax and price you out of it. Uh, and and the, the latest thing is all building codes and all upgrades to building codes come from the United Nations. They put they keep upping the standards every year, and they're going now for the rural areas to see if your guttering is right or your septic is right. And of course, you keep upgrading, upgrading until you're bankrupt, and they'll fine you and fine you per day, big money if it's not fixed. Well, that's how they're going to get all the people off the land and into the little sardine cans called habitat areas. That's the technique. It's, you don't need an imagination for this. And you don't need a paranoia either. You just need logic and the ability to use your own reasoning powers with the data and your perceptions as you, as you see things. Plato went through all the different cycles of different types of government. And he always said that democracy ends up with uh, a form of communism. What he meant really is fascism and communism are really the same things. They really are the same things. Where where the big banks and and industry 
and the control of the tools and all the rest of it in factories um, are all in collusion with government, you see. And, and Plato said, uh, it says democracy ends up with dictatorship or communism ends up with dictatorship. Uh, it's inevitable. It happens. It happened many times before he was alive and he saw it in his own day. So they know what they're doing and where they're going. And actually the government has got to the stage where yeah. it is partly a dictatorship. It, it is. It's true. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and you, uh, uh-huh. they just haven't made it official. Yeah. That's right. It's, I mean, laws, laws, laws are getting pushed all the time. And, uh, yeah, it's coming down. Now they're really going for private property. And they want access to private property through through various means. Um, house inspections, all this kind of stuff. Uh, until you're just a, a serf once again. That's uh, And openly, openly you'll be a serf. That's the brave new world they're bringing in here. It's just a more updated form of slavery, like Charles Galton Darwin said. Well, I yeah. guess, uh, when you really come down to it, if I, if I know I'm a slave, you've got to go. Uh-huh. But if I don't believe I am... You got yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to put out that expense. Yeah. You're the, we're the best self-sufficient slaves there are. Mm-hmm. We clothe ourselves, feed ourselves, we, work, we, we buy the automobiles to get to work. We pay all the taxes to keep the government up there where they are and the lifestyle that they're used to. Uh, we don't need guards around about us because we, we're trained to think this is normal. <laughs> we buy ourselves the, the food and, and the clothing and the shelter, uh, but we're just slaves nonetheless. If, if you can leave this life and nothing was ever really yours, then, then you, well, what were you? Yeah. Nothing is really yours.
But little they know That it's so hard to find One rich man in ten With a satisfied mind Once I was winning In fortune and fame Everything that I dreamed for To get a start in life's game Then suddenly it happened I lost every dime But I'm richer by far With a satisfied mind Money can't buy back Your youth when you're old Or a friend when you're lonely Or a love that's grown cold The wealthiest person Is a pauper at times Compared to the man With a satisfied mind When life has ended And my time has run out My friends and my loved ones Believe there's no doubt But there's one thing for certain When it comes my time I'll leave this old world With a satisfied mind How many times have you heard someone say If I had his money I could do things my way But little they know That it's so hard to find One rich man in ten With a satisfied mind